I'm Lights Camera Jackson. This is the LCJ Q&A podcast. You can also read these interviews at animationscoop.com. A great new animated film coming to Netflix Friday, March 17th. It's The Magician's Elephant. Sweet, inspiring new film from director Wendy Rogers and producer Julia Pister. And they are both here with me now on the LCJ Q&A. It is so nice to meet the both of you. Nice to meet it's you. So, Thank you. So great to be here. So excited to talk with you about the movie. It is based on beloved author Kate D. Camillo's book. I love Kate D. Camillo's work. I have read The Tale of Despero. And this movie really, I think, is a nice companion piece to The Tale of Despero. Edward Tulane as well. And, and it's a really heartwarming and inspiring story of believing and the power of that. Wendy, let me start with you. How did you get attracted to this story and the really strong themes that this movie brings out? You know, it, it's um, it, it, even just when uh, Netflix was looking for a director and they pitched me just an elevator pitch, I just got chills, right? Thinking about the idea of this boy wanting to find his sister and the sort of absurdity of needing to follow an elephant to do it. And when I read the book, I just, it captured my heart and I knew I had to help him find his sister, but also just the amazing kind of surreal qualities of this sort of fable um, and then, of course, I met Julia and, um, you know, the rest is history. Yes. <laughs> A great partnership. It's it's also one of the things for me that was really inspiring is it, it is about believing in, in the impossible, believing that anything is possible. But it's also about taking action to make that happen. It's mm -hmm. about that determination to make it happen. It's about taking action. And so I felt that was just a really inspiring message personally um, and for the world. And so I was really drawn to it. Peter goes on quite a journey. Uh, we have the elephant involved. We have challenges. It, it's it's a movie that has a lot of themes, a, a lot of different tones, and we'll get into some of those specific aspects. Julia, I know this film has been a long time coming, and you've been with it for through many steps of this process. How does it feel, honestly, that it's it's finally here, it's finally arrived, and that Netflix is the the home for it? I do. I totally think things happen for a reason and i think that the movie shouldn't have been made before meeting wendy rogers and her vision for it and also having netflix's support because they really are trying to make movies that can be kind of creator driven and specific to the material and not trying to turn a property into to, into their brand um I, I also think this movie was meant to be told now, just the themes of empathy and the themes of making the impossible possible. I think I think it really resonates with people today after the last few years that we've all been through. So it, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm pinching myself, actually. <laughs> good, good. Perfect time for The Magician's Elephant. And there are so many layers to each of the characters and that's what i find one of the most impressive things about the movie how many layers we have let's start with peter wendy tell me about how you wanted to approach the layers of peter and and how we see him grow over the course of the film it, it's interesting because um you know one of one of the things that we that really had you know been a very important theme for me and obviously very important in from the book even is just this this empathy this idea that you know he realizes he needs to i don't want to give too much away 
um, the <laughs> idea of empathy and and sort of his his connection that he forms with the elephant, but yeah. also his connection through that that he forms with the townspeople, with his neighbors, with Vilna. You know, he starts out. We we had a lot of time talking about who he is and the life he's led, and there's sort of core qualities that he has despite the life he's led right and those qualities are what leads him to believe it that his sister is still alive to believe that he can do this most improbable thing of following this elephant that doesn't exist to find his sister and as he builds upon kind of his as he succeeds in some of the tasks and as he learns to stand up for himself, right? He says no to Vilna. He says no to the Countess. Mm. He grows through his own um, journey and becomes this sort of, you know, young man, really, this strong young man. And um, he shows such grit and determination in doing that and such kindness and empathy for others. I just felt like he, he really has such an amazing kind of set of, of um, core values he gets to be um, sweet, he gets to be kind, he gets to be strong, he gets to be funny. And Noah Jupe really embodied all of those qualities for us in the vo in the vocal performance just beautifully, just beautifully. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to add to that too, Wendy, what you're saying, which I which I love is they're not they're not a lot of heroes, I think, that are fully empathetic and fully determined and brave. And what's great about him is that he's a kind person who who is also brave and full of grit and inspires a whole town. Yeah. I mean, he's a good role model. He reconnects the town, yeah. right? Because they, they sort of have lost hope and belief right. in the fact that they can follow him and they start talking to each other and they start, you know, reconnecting and actually believing themselves. Yeah. Noah Jupe, also one of our uh, most talented young actors, met him a couple years ago at the Critics' Choice Awards. He does great voice performance with this. The magician is a complex character because he also has a lot of weight on his shoulders, just like Peter does. And and Julia, for you, what fascinates you about the magician? I found him fascinating in, in how he perceives people and how people perceive him. Well, I, I will say that in the adaptation from the book to the movie, the magician was the hardest character. And we hmm. We wrote, rewrote, rewrote the magician until you know a week ago, <laughs> and, and and Benedict Wong was so gracious. I mean, he was recording new lines like in his you know the hotel bathroom just to help us get it right. Um, he's it's it's hard because he's both an inspiring change maker. He is somebody who's sort of at a point in his life where he just doesn't care anymore. He's he's he he's sort of given up, but that giving up empowers him to you know to try something that he's never had the nerve to try his whole life because he doesn't really care. Um but then his arc is like he's immediately regrets it. So he's not like he did it and then he's secretly like yay I've done something. He does he does this amazing thing and conjures the elephant and then doesn't want to get into trouble, which is kind of funny because he's like oops oh nope that wasn't me. So he's sort of lying and 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 dodging it and through the course of his relationship with Madame Levon and seeing Peter do these amazing tasks and that Peter Peter doesn't care. He does Peter does not have FOMO. He doesn't care what anybody thinks about him. He doesn't care. He's just going to get it done. And I think the magician reconnects to who he was as a boy and who he was as a young man and becomes the the person 
who, who really brings it home that these, you know, that this town has forgotten to believe in magic. And that is why the clouds have rolled in. That is why the war started. You know, I mean, that is why. So he really owns it. Yeah, it's really, it's one of those things where he, he did this thing thinking he wanted to change the town. And then he sees this boy changing the town actually changing the town yeah, yeah. And, and he did this thing to change the town but he had no idea what it was going to happen exactly. I mean, he's, a, he's a funny character he's happily he has no idea it's like i'm gonna do something big but you know like the world could have exploded yeah <laughs> but yeah hapless but hopeful hapless hopeful uh he's a great character and i think very nuanced and very complicated and um Again, I think Benedict, I think we both think Benedict did a great job, but Martin Hines did a great job writing him because it's one of Kate's most complicated characters. Yeah. And yeah, some of the shots where he's in the jail cell and he's looking out the window and seeing Peter's actions, those are very interesting to look into their eyes and, and to see all of that for sure. Sure. Wendy and Julia are here with me on the LCJ Q&A podcast. The Magician's Elephant is on Netflix March 17th. Wendy, the elephant has always been one of my favorite animals. Uh, the majestic nature, their knowledge, their intelligence. How did you want to present the presence of an elephant here? So it, it's very interesting, right? Because the, the world is very physically grounded and that's by design, both the world and the animation style. I really wanted to have a world that the sort of magical realism moments and the surreal qualities could play against. But the mm. elephant always needed to be more physical. It always needed to feel like it was from somewhere else, right? And it needed to be recognizably elephant. We had an elephant um, consultant, um, Dr. Plotnik, who we spent a lot of time working through and doing a lot of reference. We shared a lot of the animation and design work with him as well to get his opinion. But we were make, creating a character. We wanted a character that could emote and could connect with Peter and the audience. You know, a big part of, of in the book and, and in the film, Peter's empathy for the elephant is because they're sentient beings, right? that all creatures are. And so we wanted to have enough um, emotion that you could connect and see that in both the eyes of the elephant and moments between Peter and the elephant to, to register that connection. But really, we didn't want to anthropomorphize the elephant at all. We wanted to keep it very physical. Um, the weight of the elephant, Animal Logic, who did the animation, did an amazing job with all of the, the musculature and secondary fat jiggle and, and everything that gave the elephant weight, the sound effects that were created for the elephant's voice. Um, all of that to give it personality and character, but still keep keep it recognizably a, 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 this majestic noble creature from somewhere else. Yeah, you do a, a terrific job with that. And, and we also have Leo, who becomes more than just a neighbor for Peter. He is he is a, a friend, a companion, a guide. He is voiced by Brian Tyree Henry, an Academy Award nominee this year for his great performance in Causeway. Uh, Julia, what did you enjoy the most about what Brian Tyree Henry brings to another complex character, another character who was genuinely fascinating, especially for adults to go along this journey with. Well, I just, again, I loved his sort of uh, his kindness and his strength and uh, a character from the book. And then Brian just did such an amazing job in his performance that he, he, he is the one who asks, what if he is the one who really in, in, inspires Peter? Cause without Leo, I don't know if Peter would have asked that question and it's a right. really powerful inciting incident like but what 
if it's true. Like he's a bit of an eccentric big picture thinker. Like, you know, you look at his apartment, it's filled with all sorts of modern things. Um, and you know, he's the he's the one who represents the 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 main idea in our film. Ask what if, see yeah. what happens. The the last optimist. The last optimist, yeah. And then of course we don't want to give away the film but right. they get you know you get what you wish for if if you're willing to open yourself up to the vulnerability of asking what if which i think is really important take that chance ask that question absolutely and there's such an artistic painting like quality to the animation you notice it right away it's the characters, it's the buildings, it's also the sky, how the clouds are with the sky. Wendy, take me through some of that design a little bit and, and how we get such a beautiful painting-like quality to the overall look and the animation of this. So um, we ha had obviously an amazing production designer and art director. Max Boas was our production designer and Yuri Luoy is our art director. Um, I was, I love clouds. I think clouds are just the most amazing thing and everywhere I go I love to travel and I love to take pictures of clouds and it always reminds me that we all live together on this planet and we're all under the same sky mm -hmm. and so the clouds were a pretty important element for me as a um you know as a metaphor for the loss of hope and for that sort of settling you know and not looking up and not asking what if and not being curious and I was really inspired um, by the Mamatis cloud formation which is a fairly surreal ominous cloud formation for real in our world which we then sort of stylized and we called boba clouds because they look like tapioca balls in, in bubble tea. And so um, Max and Yuri did an amazing job of, you know, we didn't want the world to feel gray and dreary. We didn't want it to feel drab, even though it's under clouds. So they did an amazing job working through a lighting design that would allow the clouds to change color based on time of day and kind of absorb sunlight, like little solar cells to glow out at night. Um, there's an artist who I've been inspired by for a long time. I love her work, Rebecca Dautremer, and she does a very uh, a gouache style. And so we were really conscious of trying to, to you know, lean into the imperfection, the wabi-sabi, and, and find that sort of textural quality in all of our texturing. The lighting, obviously, under these clouds, we needed to feel sort of this very soft, diffuse lighting. I was inspired by kind of midnight sun qualities. And so, you know, Max and Yuri took all of those inspirations um, and with Animal Logic really worked hard to elevate into that sort of texturing and lighting style. Um, again, we wanted the world to feel physically grounded, but we didn't want it to be recognizably a particular place or a particular era. So we worked hard to taking inspiration more from southern um, Europe, southern Spain, Portugal, northern Africa, build a world that had a lot of different architectural styles layered in and um, populate that world with a sort of complex diversity as though people could have come from anywhere through those towns. We always talked about wanting to create a world that felt like we'd scooped out a New York City subway car. The and good just parts. <laughs> Rats and pizza. Rats um, and pizza. We thought, why not? But so, <laughs> but so that we had sort of a a richer diversity just in 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 our population and and just that that architectural layering to give the world both, both a physical grounding and and sort of like a history in its in its um, build, if you like. And not the traditional Northern European fable, right? right which is what's so yeah. great about it. We felt like that had been done. 
a lot. A lot. It is a cool look. You are so right about the texture. You're so right about the lighting. It's it glows in a unique way that I think kids will immediately respond to. Obviously, this is for the whole family. It's on Netflix. Julia, you have produced a number of films over the years, many of them with Nickelodeon, uh, including the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, of course, an iconic animated film. What I find so interesting and, and one of the reasons why I think The Magician's Elephant works so well is you have a bunch of tones in the film. We have lighter moments and, and we suddenly go to dramatic moments in really interesting ways. How do you feel as a producer being a part of a movie that celebrates the idea of different tones being presented for children and for families to experience in a movie as opposed to a, a film that is solely a comedy or solely a drama or solely a, an action film? Well, I think it's incredibly exciting. And I think like Guillermo del Toro, I mean, animation is cinema. And I think that it's unfortunate that, you know, I think in years past, sometimes people think movies need to sort of fit into just the comedic, you know, comedy forward box. And I think animation is just such an incredibly evocative and emotive form of storytelling that it really lends itself to making stories like this. And again, to the history of it, when it was first developed, it was developed as a live action movie with incredible people at Fox. Um, but, and and we considered for a minute, should we do it animated? But, you know, years and years ago, we felt like it would have put in, been put into that box. I think it's great that places like Netflix are now making films that can tell stories that are a little different. And I, I would also say, because I have a big background in kids, yes, at Nickelodeon and other places, I think we make the mistake of thinking kids only want funny things. I think if you look at children's literature and look at children's stories, kids want to know about the dark and the light because they want to learn how to function in the world and they want to know that it's okay to think big and that they're going to be okay. So stories that talk about light and dark and have all of these tones, I think they are the the winners for families. You are right about that. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. And you look at Kate DiCamillo's work, you look at uh, Win Dixie, you look at Despero and, and Tulane, and they dig so deep and they are dramatic and they do have lighter parts, but it all works and, and kids relate to it so well. And that's what you do here with The Magician's Elephant. And we have about a minute left. You have the theme of hope. You have the theme of hope really coming through. And I think that ended up being the end journey for for this is is it's finally here you had the hope to make this movie happen yes. <laughs> yeah it is the movie the movie is in in and of itself it's very meta it's um, <laughs> a metaphor for the movie it is it is it's all about hope and you can't give up and and that's what we would say to filmmakers and storytellers out there things need to be made when they're made but never give up on the stories that mean something to you yeah. Wendy Rogers, Julia Pister, congratulations on The Magician's Elephant. Thank you so much for being here today on the LCJ Q&A. Thank, Thank you, you so much. The Magician's Elephant is on Netflix Friday, March 17th. I am Lights Camera Jackson. For all these episodes, go to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lights camera jacksoncom